Well, welcome everyone to Build St. Louis, the region's brand new podcast that captures and shares the very heartbeat of construction and development. I'm your host, Carrie Smith, owner of Information Works, and in this episode, we are delighted to welcome Sandra Marks, Senior Vice President at Clayco. Welcome, Sandra. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. As an executive team member for Clayco, three years ago, Sandra and her colleagues launched Clayco Rising, the company's diversity, equity, and inclusion program. And today we're going to talk more with Sandra about this, about the specifics of Clayco Rising as they relate to minority participation on job sites and other related initiatives. So let's dive right into our topic, which we've entitled Building Diversity from the Ground Up. And again, Sandra, I'm just so delighted that you're with us. Thanks for sharing your expertise today. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. Me too. The first question that I have for you is if you could share for our listeners a brief overview of why the firm created Clayco Rising and kind of what juncture you were in as a company, as an industry, that you started that initiative and how it's kind of fulfilling its initiative and its goals in the St. Louis community and beyond. Okay. Yeah. Clayco Rising is really culmination of over 25 years of work that has been happening at Clayco. Clayco started their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts a long time ago with Bob Clark and many of the leaders of Clayco. And so Clayco has been involved in trying to, in particular, starting in our hometown, but all over the country, wherever we do business, trying to ensure that we're being inclusive of all contractors. Our focus is on finding the best and the brightest contractors and consultants in every market where we build. We want to be sure in that effort to find the best and the brightest, we were including every contractor, regardless of race, gender, religion, background, just being sure we're being fair and equitable. Those things have been in place as well as our efforts to be sure that our company has equitable hiring, not just internally, but also the hiring that we do on our job sites. We bring contractors on and when contractors bring on individuals. So we have been doing that, right? But in 2020, when the world was already kind of reflecting on a lot of things, right? Our industry as a whole had already begun this journey of really trying to understand how the construction industry had found itself in a position of being rated as number one by the CDC for mental health and suicide in our industry. So the industry in general was taking a look at how our culture was on our job sites, actually out there on construction projects. Why did we find this kind of statistic now rising in our industry, as well as the fact that we were already as an industry looking at how to be better with our diversity. But in 2020, many of our clients who had not really focused on this before on the construction side began to reach out. And because of the fact that they were themselves challenged with what was happening in general with the pandemic, which first put a focus on small business, right? All small business and really calling on people to be concerned about small businesses, trying to be sure that they can sustain themselves during the very trying times we were having in our country and our world as it relates to being able to still do business, right? So small business was already a focus, but then in May of 2020, when George Floyd was killed, there was then an even more targeted look at what were some of the inequities that we had that were resulting in not so much our focus being on what occurred with George Floyd, but what we were seeing occur on our job sites as a result of George Floyd, as a result of the protests, as a result of the racial tension. What we were hearing 
on our job sites, what our industry was experiencing with an industry that was already kind of bubbling anyway. And all of a sudden, you've got economic tension, racial tension, and that was starting to show itself in some ways in terms of safety, people being distracted. So it was really our leadership, again, led by Bob Clark, who said, you know, we've got to recognize that our industry, we've been doing this for 25 years, but we still are not where we need to be. Our industry is still too vulnerable to these types of external influences that show up on our project and that show up in the people on our projects. And Clayco has long realized that this is nothing we could do by ourselves. So Clayco Rising was really us saying, let's put everything that we're doing publicly out on a website, ClaycoRising.com, share what we've learned, what we've understood so that our clients who are joining us in this effort have a resource so that our subcontractors who want to really raise their sleeves up and do a little tougher work have the resources. So let's put it all out there and let's recognize that a rising tide raises all ships. So the industry has to work together on this. This is not a competition with our peers. This is not a secret. This should be something that we do together. So that's where Clayco Rising came from. I love the transparency angle of that, and I love that you are wanting to share that and just to engage your counterparts in the community and in the industry to join with you. And you mentioned about all the post-Floyd era, just kind of the distractions and the, you know, the pressures and the stresses, and not that that wouldn't be a dangerous situation, you know, in the workplace or in the offices, but construction is dangerous anyway, isn't it, Sandra? So those dealing with all those factors that, you know, individuals are facing just going to work and in the morning has to be found. Yeah, and it really boils down to psychological safety, and we've really been a leader in this discussion nationwide with our own internal knowledge of how physical safety and psychological safety certainly go hand in hand. Psychological safety is really where diversity becomes evident, that people are different, everyone's different, not just the differences you can see, not just our color, not just our gender, not just our voice and maybe hearing differences in how we speak, but there are differences in our personality, there are differences in our background. So when individuals are put in a stressful situation, whether it's a typical job site and just the stress of being in still a very challenging work environment, or whether it's the stress you experience at home, everybody doesn't handle that stress the same way. So psychological safety says you've got to be sure that people feel psychologically safe, that when they come to work, when they're in their surroundings, they're comfortable being who they are. They're not afraid to show who they really are because of fear of not just retaliation, but fear of their life, right? That someone right. would actually have a problem with who they really are. So psychological safety is saying in our industry that we've done a great job with physical safety. We need to really buckle down on psychological safety. It's almost like the personal protective equipment for your well-being. I didn't think yeah. of it that way till you just yeah. said that. I mean, we yeah. are an industry that's gone far and away above what's required in physical safety, but that makes a lot of sense to me equally for mental health safety. I know the yeah. program's just a few years old, but do you have any kind of metrics or anything you would want to share about, wonder how you measured the success of participation or other analytics? Well, a lot of what we really, because it is important for us to see accountability. So we really kind of put Clayco Rising's initiatives into three buckets. And we said, obviously, as an industry, one of the first things we know is we create opportunity. 
just by the nature of what we do. When we're designing or building a building, we're creating opportunity for the businesses that are working on that project, and we're creating opportunity for the community that's gonna benefit from the results of our work. So that's bucket number one. Bucket number two is relationships. We're a relationship business. We do business with people we know, like, and trust. And we wanna be sure that in those relationships, we're developing relationships that truly are authentic and truly do have a foundation of the golden rule of Clayco. Treat people the way you'd wanna be treated. And then that third bucket is accountability. So that accountability was us saying, we've got to hold ourselves accountable for what we're responsible for as an industry. So some of the metrics we recognize is that, of course, there are project metrics that many clients initially start asking about. How much money have you spent with diverse firms, minorities, women, veterans, small business? That's kind of the first level of metric. How many hours were worked by that same group, right? But we said, let's go above that. What was the impact, right? Because there could have been hours worked, but people were miserable. So what was the impact? Or businesses yeah. got a contract, but they lost money. So the impact has to be when you're looking at a business. Are we growing wealth? Individuals start businesses to build wealth, build wealth for themselves, for their employees, for their community. So is our process of doing business helping firms grow their own wealth, their net worth, their value as a business? So that's a metric that we look at. On the side of the individuals, are we not just encouraging and monitoring the hiring of minorities and women, but what about the retention? What about the training? What about the promotion? We call it the trip, training, retention, investment, promotion. What's the trip for that individual, right? So those are metrics that begin to go beyond, okay, I spent money, the problem solved. It then says, what's the return on that investment? Are we seeing as a result of improving the lives of individuals, differences in their quality of life, their access to capital? There are three barriers to, in particular, minorities and women, pretty much in any business, but construction is certainly evident. And one of those top barriers is access to capital, the ability for them to go in and get support from financial institutions, investors to grow and build their business. So are we affecting their ability to do that? Well, to do that, they have to be profitable. And that same metric is for an individual. For an individual to be able to buy a home that has value or worth, which is often the first asset an individual buys to try to begin to build their wealth, they have to have the income and a sustainable income that creates that. So that's the data we collect. You know, are our relationships resulting in wealth? And I think that's excellent. And that's a real world barometer for how successful your program is. You know, as you're speaking, Sandra, I was thinking about still continuing, probably will be into the foreseeable future and beyond the workforce issue. And we think another true sort of byproduct of what you're doing on a business level and an economic level in St. Louis is you're sustaining minority-based companies that you're helping them stay profitable, stay in business and stay working and their people and nothing slowing down. I see the cranes all over St. Louis. So you're probably keeping companies in business. And because they're in business, they're plugging those holes of these desperately needed positions to keep jobs moving. Oh, yeah. And we're not doing that alone. We're doing that with our peers, right? And that's what Clayco Rising has acknowledged is there are going to be cranes that you'll see that have Clayco on them, but there'll be cranes that have our peers. Just because it's not our crane doesn't mean we're not supporting it here, right? The last thing we want to do is to pull a company away from a successful opportunity and then diffuse their efforts. So we've got to work together to pay in a timely manner. We've got to work together to ensure that firms are able to have consistent work, right? In some instances, instances in the past, uh, many smaller and minority women-owned firms in particular would only be seen on projects where there was public money, right. which all 
often, unfortunately, it's not the most profitable projects, right? Because there's, you know, they need to be low cost, they need to be competitive, and, and you do need to do that on the private side too, but there's a different value proposition often on the private side that what competitive means is not just price, right? So it is the case that if a company has only had the opportunities on the large mega projects, the ones that everyone sees, the stadiums, the hospitals, the huge projects, but then all the other work is just continuing to go by and they never get invited. Those relationships are never developed, right? They're never really in a position that they've been working together like Clayco has with clients that we've built a long-standing relationship. We're in it for the long haul. We learn together. We make mistakes. We rebound. We grow together. That's what all businesses want. But again, minority and women-owned firms who are struggling because of not being in existence long enough, not having the history that transfers, the relationships that transfer. And many of them will say, it's as if I'm always starting over. From one year to the next, I can't tell you what my opportunities are going to be because it just depends on what's the big public project, right? So that's what Clayco Rising is doing. It's our peers sitting at the table and saying, we call it Pivot, which is one of our initiatives. Let's pivot our attention on this issue. We need to grow firms owned by people of color and firms owned by women. Why? Because data has shown that when those companies are able to, now they don't always show it on projects because sometimes they really are not able to, but when companies are able to, they are more likely to open doors for people who've come from that same background that they've had. So minority-owned firms hire minorities, women hire women. Now, sometimes we don't often see that, which is because of some of the other dynamics that are occurring out there. They often aren't in control of who they hire. That's why they're not hiring who they want. But the intent is, which is why we measure it, the intent is if they have consistent work, profitable work, and they're beginning to build momentum in the market, just their presence in the market causes women to gravitate to women, people of color to gravitate to people of color. They become the role models to say, I want to come into this industry because I see you, right? Right. So that's the beauty. And that's what we're seeing in St. Louis when we're working together. So we're not competing in that area. Of course, when we're going after projects, we each are challenged to explain how we're impacting St. Louis. Everybody has their own story there. So I'll say our story is not a competition with your story. Hopefully our story complements your story. But you tell your story and Clayco tell their story. Hopefully both of us have a good story. But we're still going to be unique. What's unique in any company is their people. So Clayco is only as good as our people. So the way that our project managers and superintendents and engineers and safety team talk to and address individuals is the culture of Clayco. That's our culture. And our peers will have their culture and may the best person win. Exactly. You know, I'm so glad you mentioned that a lot of times we, I guess myself and those from the outside looking in on the industry, we see more minority participation in public projects because they're, like you said, the numbers requirements that are, the quotas are different, but the private sector, is there, I don't know how to ask this, maybe is there more of a conscious effort that needs to be made from client owners to contractors to team members to make sure that that's top of mind since it's more more of a, I don't know if voluntary is the right word to bring in those percentages of minority participation. It's a, is it a different mindset, I guess? Yeah, it is. I mean, because again, there's not the government 
mandates. There's no one looking right now. Again, right. a lot of that changed in 2020 because many of the major large Fortune 500 companies all over the country, their leadership got together and said, you know, wow, we have seen right before our eyes played out on our laptops, the inequities that exist in our society, that they were all in a pandemic, but everybody's not experiencing the same, that their health disparities, their financial And so those companies that really approached it more from a socially responsible mindset began to say, what role do we play? Remember that owner, they're the one that starts the flow of money. They started, they said, I want to build something. I want to design something. I want to buy something. And all of a sudden, a bunch of people start to see a flow. So how they expect the return has a lot to do with just how that whole system works. You know, it's it's great for them to say, I want to see it. And then they start the flow. What we saw in 2020 was, and then I want you to let me know that it happened. It was more of a saying, I want to be accountable because they were also recognizing that their success was going to be dependent upon this working. So again, very large clients who started to acknowledge that, you know, what's the value of building a mega data center in the middle of a community that continues to have racial and economic tension. Right. I mean, they would have to go, as we do, beyond these walls and say, gosh, I've got to acknowledge that wherever I put this building, beyond the walls of this building, there's going to be some activity that is either going to increase the value of this building over time or slowly decrease it. So it really is now owner-driven, which is what we've always said. You know, Clayco is an owner, right? We're a developer. We own our own property. So we also have, which is one of the reasons why we say our program is the most comprehensive. Because if someone were to say, well, you know, I know other companies have had programs for a long time too. The value of ours is we are a developer. We are an architectural firm. We're an engineering firm. We're a design builder. We own two self-perform companies, a concrete company and an architectural glass and glazing company. We own our own procurement company. There's no component of this industry that Clayco doesn't touch. So that's what we mean by comprehensive. We don't jump in only at building. We jump in in the fact that we own too. So we understand when our client who's the owner says, here's what I want. Right. So that really gives us the benefit of saying we can approach this and we are approaching this from every aspect. That's awesome. And I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think it's exciting to see that perception and education and desire from the top down from all owners and developers to say, hey, it's responsible. It's the right thing to do, but it's also economically profitable. And I would imagine building a building whose workforce mirrors the people who live in the community and who may work inside that building as employees. That definitely has an economic impact. Yes. And so, you know, it really is a business case. And part of, we talked about successes. Part of what we're also measuring is, and when we do business, we have hundreds of subcontractors who do business with Clayco Nationwide. So again, the vision was that if we can get our subcontracting partners to join us in this effort, that's thousands of companies all over the country who then take on their own rising activity. And swell of that is all we really need. So that's just Clayco and our thousand. But if you also take four or five of our peers and their subs, then you take the subs, subs, which is how this whole thing works. So what we have seen as a true indication already is subcontractors who never before thought about the role that they play, not just in how they spend the money that Clayco trusts them with, because many times when you're hiring a company, 
for example, that's doing earth work, they're going to pick up the phone and call a hauling company. And in many cases, they're going to just do business with the people they know, like, and trust. Makes total sense. And all we're saying is, check your list of who you know, like, and trust. Are you guaranteeing, Clayco, that's the best you can bring me? And usually I'll say, if you left anybody out, I don't know if I could believe you. I can only believe you if you're sure that in the process of picking up that phone, you were including everyone that could have been on the other end. And then the best will rise to the top. If you've already excluded a few people, you probably missed a diamond out there, right? So now seeing subs who sign our pledge, we have a pledge on our website, which literally just asks firms to, our leaders to be passionate leaders for equity, diversity, and gender equality. That's what pledge stands for for us. And as more and more of our subs sign that pledge, in some cases saying, I've never done this before, Clayco, but if you're willing to share, I'll take that leap. If you're willing to support me and then subs who've been doing it, but they've said, I've been doing it, but I've never had anybody to tell because no one had. I'm often surprised when I'm talking to a subcontractor in Oregon and we begin talking about workforce and they start to tell me the schools that they go into and recruit from. And I say, gosh, give me those schools. Let's go together. Yeah. Let's go together. Yeah. So a lot of times it's not that they haven't been doing anything. It just may not have been a collaborative effort. It was just a siloed effort. You'll go into a school and get 50 kids excited about your trade and you can only hire two and the other right. 40 go back. But you got other peers. Right. You didn't bring them with you. So that's what we're doing. <laughs> right. That's awesome. Well, in this episode, we've been delighted to learn from you, Sandra Marks, Senior Vice President at Clayco. And thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with us on Clayco Rising and other initiatives. And it's just been a joy here at Build St. Louis. And you're welcome to come back and join us anytime. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Anytime. Anytime.